0: This podcast is brought to you by Business Radio, powered
1: by Wharton. This is a Business Radio special presentation of Mind Your Business, live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum in Palm Springs, California. Here is your host, Lauren Feldman.
0: Hello. Welcome to a special two-hour episode of Mind Your Business, live from the EY Strategic Growth Forum in Palm Springs, California. You're listening to SiriusXM's Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Lauren Feldman. I'm the Senior Editor of Entrepreneurship at Forbes. EY's Strategic Growth Forum is an annual invite-only event with over 2,000 CEOs and founders in attendance. We're honored to be here, and uh, send a big thanks to EY for hosting us. We're going to do something a little different today. Normally, as you know, the show is all about you, our listeners. We take your calls, offer advice, kick around what you're struggling with, whatever your pain point is at the moment. But today, we're going to be speaking with some pretty impressive entrepreneurs uh, about their own stories of success and failure. Merrilee Kick is joining us. She's the founder and CEO of BuzzBalls. Welcome to Mind Your Business,
1: Thanks, Lauren. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you joining us here. Tell us what a buzzball is.
1: (laughs) Balls that get you buzzed. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) I I make booze, as you can tell.
0: (laughs) Which is really interesting because before you did this, you were a school teacher.
1: Yes. (laughs) Gave me reason to drink, right? You
0: you needed to find this uh, product, huh?
1: Right. You know, it was part of a master's degree thesis project. And um, my school was kind of... That sounds like a joke, but you're serious. No, I'm serious. I'm so serious. What, what
0: What was the thesis supposed to be about when you first started?
1: It was just a final capstone project, you know, and I had to come up with something. And I was grading papers by the pool, you know, for my high school classes. And I thought... I shouldn't have this cocktail by the pool, you know, with this glass container and I had a round votive candle from Sweden when I used to live there and I thought wonder it'd be cool it would be so cool to make a party ball. And so that was where the whole idea came up with and and then I um Pitched it to my team that was my capstone group team. and we what, did, What's capstone? Uh, it's the final thesis project for your master's. And and so anyway, I, I came up with this project. We developed it, mostly me, because I was really gung-ho about it. Um, and then I took it to fruition and, and went live with it once I graduated.
0: But that wasn't an easy process with no. clear <laughs> steps that you had to follow. You had to figure an awful lot of stuff out uh, along the way. I guess beginning with the packaging, was that the, uh, the start?
1: The packaging was most difficult, but um, being a person that had never really worked in manufacturing before – I went to some food processing plants and asked them to show me around. Show me what a filler is. Show me what a pallet jack is. You know, how do I work it? You know, how do I how do I do this? And then I also showed them my prototype of what I wanted to make and they had never seen anything like that you before. You had created a
0: prototype yourself? Yeah,
1: I created a prototype. I begged this guy and cajoled him to like make me a little prototype and I forked out thirteen hundred bucks to make a single prototype. And the guy said, I've never seen anything like that, but let me, you know, he's like 50 years in the business of doing packaging and so on. He helped me find a guy that made machinery that could customize it for me. So that's how it kind of started. And then, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, you know, Alibaba, but I got onto Alibaba. And I started finding in China places that did... um, You went on to Alibaba
0: looking for a
1: plastics manufacturer that would do it for me because when I tried in the States, they wouldn't do it unless I was going to make hundreds of millions of pieces. They weren't interested in me. So I had to go figure out myself. I hear that story so it often; myself. it's so
0: hard to get started here. Couldn't, people don't want to take the chance. Yeah, I had to be like, but in China, or you or can something. find someone.
1: Well, yeah, because there's a lot of hungry people out there that are like, "Yeah, I'll take your business. You know, help, give me your CAD design. How are you going to make this thing?" And so I created a. Did CAD you go design. through a
0: consultant who found the manufacturer there, or do you you found the manufacturer it, yourself on Alibaba? I, and it's like
1: Googling them. I Googled everything. Google was my <laughs> friend. So I figured out like. How many volumes of CO2 does a Coca-Cola have? What kind of preservatives do I need in these kinds of juice-based drinks? How do I get my licensing and permitting through the TTB, which is the Alcohol, Tobacco, Tax, and Trade Bureau? How do I get that through the Texas-based TABC? How do I um, get a warehouse? How do I get all this stuff done? Build the packaging. What should the colors be? How should the flavors be? What are the legal ingredients I can put in there, you know? At what
0: point did you quit the teaching job?
1: Not until two years after I had started the business. So So you were
0: doing this for two years on the side.
1: Yeah, so I got my master's degree. That was one year. Then the next two years, I was still working, and I was teaching marketing as well, and international business, and um, computer science, and those kinds of things at my school. What I did was I took... The advice that I got from even the students, because they were like, oh, this is so cool. My teacher is going to make booze. You didn't use you your know? students as a focus group, I hope. <laughs> yeah, I did. I was like, how much would you pay for this these students? Little cocktail what, what, if you what, were to drink? What age? <laughs> if you were to. Okay. Got it. And uh yeah, so it was uh, it was amazing. It was a lot of fun and they helped me even come up with the name Buzzballs. And they really? came up with funny names like kick balls, you know, a joke on my name or schwasted balls and you know, party <laughs> balls and we just had so much fun with it. Settled on the name Buzzballs and then I went to Glazers Wholesale and they were the wholesaler in town that was selling um alcoholic beverages, wine and spirit. And I pitched my idea to them. They told me no, and then I came back and just kept needling them. And finally, the guy said yes. And the guy, wait, wait,
0: when they said no, what did they say? Why no?
1: Why no? Because it's a whole bunch of guys. You're not from the industry. You don't. Know, you're just a teacher. I heard that. Um, I heard that from people that I was trying to get an SBA loan from too. You don't. You don't have experience. It's a good old boys club. And I was like, you know, I know how to drink. I. I <laughs> I'm good at two things, you know, <laughs> you know so Yeah, but anyway, they weren't paying you to drink. They weren't no, lending no, no, you no. money for that. But when I grew up in Montana, small town girl, you know, my mother used to make her own home brew beer and really? and chokecherry wine, you know, so I'm like, Hey, I can do this, you know, i Google it, I'll figure it out. And so I did. And these guys finally believed in me second wh- time what, in. And
0: what changed? What I convinced came in them?
1: and I said, hey, I've got the price point. You're going to get your margin. Here's how I figured it out. Financially, it's going to work for you. Give me a chance. This is cool. Nobody's doing anything like that. So the guy at the time was in charge of the Gallo portfolio, Gallo Wines. He said, well, I don't really see that it's competing with Gallo, so I think I can do that. So he brought me in, gave me a chance, a little platform in Dallas to start with. And so I tried it as a, a test market, and um, it did well. And one of the reasons it did well is because I went out there and sold it myself. I went from a retail store to a retail store to a convenience store to everybody. And I had some of them in my trunk, and I was like... Let me show you this product. You know, what do you think of this? And then I realized that the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission has a list of all the retailers that have permits. I'm like, well, hell, I've got my degree in computer science. I'll just download that list, make an Excel mail merge file, and send out a whole bunch of cell sheets in in the mail. So I sat there and stuffed envelopes for a full weekend, you know, to 20,000 retailers, 20000 Yeah, and sent out a letter saying, hey, this is who I am. I'm a woman-owned business, and, you know, get behind this. This is a Texas-based company. Let's go. And this is cool. And so, like, they would come and ask their Glaziers rep, what is this stuff? I got this in the mail. What? Is... And so, all of a sudden, it springboarded the product. And I used that same model as I expanded through the other states as well. What's funny is here we are seven years into the business, and that guy from Glaziers now works for us. <laughs> as our vp of sales <laughs>
0: you must have loved that day
1: i did i was so excited to bring him on board and he he's believed in me this whole time more than once you know and now he's doing it again so
0: you're listening to mind your business we're broadcasting live from the ey strategic growth forum in palm springs california i'm speaking with merrily kick founder and ceo of buzzballs how much uh, how much money did you lay out to get this off the ground before you got backing
1: Oh my god. Uh it was funny. Um I had no money at all. I had um some money that I stashed away in this secret clock in our living room that I didn't tell my <laughs> husband about. He's a CFO and so he's naturally conservative. money in a clock. In a clock behind, you know, cuz he never wound the clock, so I didn't figure he'd even notice. And so I hid it back in this little hatchback kind of like Anne Frank, you know, back there. <laughs> my little closet. <laughs> and um, I hid this money and it was any dentist return, anything that I had, any kind of money at all that I made, I saved. And my grandfather had um, willed me some money, about $28,000. And then some of the other money that I had as equity on my home that I had put down personally um, from inheritance as well. So I had about maybe 60000 And then I went to the... In a clock? No, 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 no. Like, total. (laughs) Gotcha. And um, seriously, I went into the bank, and there was an older woman there, and I said, I want to do this business. And they said, well, what kind of equity do you have? And I'm like, well, you know, I've got my own little money stash here, and I've got a warehouse that I'm renting month to month, because I just don't know if you're going to give me a loan or not, or if this is going to, you know, flip or flap, you know, what's what's going to happen? Anyway, they came out, and they saw my design on the floor. I couldn't afford any equipment, so I did, like, body tape on the floor, you know, if here's where my filler will go, here's where my machinery will go, see my vision, here's what the picture would look like if this was really sitting on the floor, and this is what its function would be, and this is how it's going to make this little ball. So um, I walked them through my process, my story, and they were like, okay, we'll give you to get this off the ground, plus your 60-something thousand that you have. And I told him that's what I needed for for the launch. Well, about six months into it, I didn't have another order. I had one order that I fulfilled, and it was like a $78,000 order. It was my very first order from Glaciers, and I was pumped. We worked for a solid week, day and night, getting that order out. And then nothing happened after that. <laughs> I was like, oh, my gosh, we're never going to get another order. This whole thing was for nothing. My parents came to the rescue, and they sold off a fraction of their ranch to give that money to me. So it was fifty grand, and that was enough to float me enough to get more inventory, cash, you know, to um, keep it going.
0: How did you stimulate the market? How did you get the next order?
1: Um, I went out and sold it myself. I had to pull through. Um, all that inventory that was sitting there on their floor so I could get another order. And I knew that, um, the guys that were working for them weren't really, I mean, they have big guys, big companies, they've got absolute vodka. They, you know, they have things that they're are really important to sell. And my little brand just wasn't on their radar. So I pushed it through. And now, you know, in California, we are one of their top 10 suppliers. Which is awesome, you know. And so BuzzBall's is in 42 states. We just now started launching internationally in China, Taiwan. We're selling on Spirit Air. We're selling at American Airlines Center. Um, we're selling at um, Cebu Pacific. Airlines make a lot Airlines. of sense, don't they? Yeah. So, I mean, we're, we're doing all kinds of things. Where we're not really selling is on the chain level yet. So um, the reason is, is because they're small, and the chains are saying, hey, they're going to get stolen. And so they're worried about that. So what we did was we re-engineered a new can that's coming out this spring that's called a Buzz Tall. And it's a tall can, (laughs) and um, it will have ready-to-drink cocktails in it for the chain market, sold in a four-pack that fits on the shelf, merchandisable. Um, So excited about that.
0: When did you tell your CFO husband about the money in the clock?
1: (laughs) Well, he barely knows about it now. He, he's, I don't think he's ever seen it. He's actually here at, at SGF at the Strategic Growth Forum.
0: Uh, hopefully, he's not in earshot.
1: Yeah, and I'm hopefully going to bring him on as a CFO someday in the is future. That right? Yeah, we're hoping for that this next year. We're a family business. My kids work for me. Um, you know, my son is. VP How many employees lobby, do you have? 68. You know, we're all based in Dallas for the most part. Some in other parts of the country. Sales.
0: Where have your revenues gotten into?
1: Revenues are around 23 right now, um, but but we're expecting to be at about 100 in the next five years. Wow. Um, So we've got a platform and how we're going to stage that growth, and that's all organically grown. So that is not equity funded.
0: So you've been able to expand internationally without taking investment money? Yeah. That's pretty impressive. We're
1: ballers, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Buzz ballers. That's right.
0: That's... uh That's surprising, especially for a company here at EY. Have you got, you must have people who are, at this point, it's reversed. I'm sure you have people coming and throwing money at you, trying to uh, convince you that you need their help to uh, expand and reach your potential.
1: Yes, and I think that... um, And you're fighting them off? No, not really. I'm listening to them because I don't know what what I'm going to need a year from now, you know, And, and the world changes, so... One of the things that we're doing is we're, we're building our platform to scale so that we can be bigger. So we're, we've gotten into non-alcoholic filling as well. So we're making some products for a company out of Denver that makes um, – we're doing some private label stuff for them that provides GNC, the supplements company, with pre-workout and after-workout drinks for energy drinks. So non-alcoholic, but they're using our facility to do that. Does that
0: work under the name Buzzballs? No,
1: no, no, no. It's under their private label brand. Ah, I see. So I don't really want to say the name of that company, but, you know, they're, they're doing a lot of business with us. And this company provides GNC with about a third of their products, so it's a pretty hefty deal. And then we also started last year a spirits company called Southern Champion. And Southern Champion is our spirits portfolio, so we make vodka, rum, gin, bourbon – I mean, there's a lot of economies of scale by combining that machinery and using that base liquid um, to make other things. And what's amazing, Lauren, is that this last year we've scored in Tasting Panel Magazine, which is unheard of, in the first year of launch, we've scored a 93 points out of 100 for our rum called Pelican Harbor and also for our Crooked Fox bourbon. And our, our vodka, 13 Kings, is scoring a 90. Wow. So, I mean, it's pretty cool. We're winning awards all over, and I'm excited.
0: Through the years, I've talked to a number of beverage industry entrepreneurs, um, the founder of Honest Tea, the founder of Buy. Um, and the one thing they've all focused on is how difficult distribution is mm-hmm. for beverages. Is that mm-hmm. something that you've had to figure out?
1: Well, they're different from us because they are non-alcoholic. And with alcohol, you have to be in a three-tier system. After Prohibition, they've required, the government has required that you must sell through a three-tier system. So you have the manufacturer, then you have the distributor, then you have the retail level. So we are not allowed to bypass that without going Unless it's wine. Wine you can sell direct to the consumer if you want to. Uh, But spirits have to go through that three-tier system. So, yes, it's difficult. If a distributor doesn't believe in you, then you can't get anywhere. So that's why I started my company with Glazers in Texas with the wine-based cocktails instead of the spirits-based cocktails because I knew I could sell those directly. So in case they took my contract and said, hey, we'll distribute you, but we're just basically buying you so that you shut up, You know, I was like, not going to let that happen. So I went out, and even though they didn't sell it, I would go to those guys' stores and uh, sell into those retailers and say, hey, send your Glacier rep over at the end of the day um, to refill this order. I filled it for them. I took care of your job for you.
0: Merrily Kick, thank you so much for joining us. We have to take a break now, but it's really been great hearing about your company.
1: For more insight
0: from Business Radio,